my message today that God has given me, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a wave when I want the, uh, yeah, the visuals up. Thank you. The God-given gift of grace. That's what this is about today. And not only that, but when underscored with the statement of when being good isn't good enough. Here's why this is so important. Let me walk away from them because I end up just looking all the time. Here's why this is so important. It's because, as we know, it is not good people who are saved, but forgiven people who are saved. So, yeah, you can be good and forgiven because you've continued in that way, but your starting point isn't necessarily just because you're good that you are saved. Because it is by grace. It is, as we see up here, those two top banners, by grace you are saved through faith. So it's that, it's that heart, it's that faith within you. Not just because you do good deeds. And his grace is enough because his power is made perfect in our weakness. So wherever we're at, on that journey that's been described today. Sometimes um, we hit places of weakness. And what I, what I want to talk about today it, is that, that lovely grace. I mean, we all know that James says, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Works not being the driven thing of the law but by the fruit that you produce the, the fruit that you see um, my, my, I'm going to talk sort of first with me I, a little bit of me not much this time <laughs> but I, I had the honour of doing a, a friend's a dear friend's funeral two weeks ago it's the first time I've ever done a funeral and he yeah disappeared off the radar 18 years ago. He disappeared, didn't hear sight or sound. I won't go into the whys and what fors because that's his personal business. But just needed to say that from a place of deep hurt, he developed psychological problems um, and he just disappeared off the radar. He, he went. I did, and at the time I wasn't a Christian and so my way of trying to comfort him when I knew he was in problems and in trouble probably wasn't that good. I, I don't know, I just didn't have the comfort to bring that the comforter gives you. But I, I looked after him for a while and then it was later discovered that, the, that Wayne was his name, bless him, is that he suffered from schizophrenia and that what he would do if things became too much for him was just disappear and he would he did it a number of times even when um, he would set a life up somewhere have all this stuff and belonging worldly possessions around him then it would all get too much and then he would go I um, I've, I owe a great debt to this man because it, it's thanks to him that I now I still see my daughter Sally Ann because there was a time before I was a Christian, when everything went totally wrong and I didn't, um, 
see her for six years. Jeanette told me to seek her out, but at the time he was with my ex and um, she wasn't keen on me seeing my daughter at all, but he opened the gates and said that I should be allowed. But anyway, this man was a really good friend. He was solid, he was sound, you could rely on him. Totally and utterly. He disappeared, I, I, I saw him on Facebook and found a profile for him, but he never got back to me. That was when I was a Christian, because I wanted to you know, make amends, wanted to talk to him about I let, I, All I did on the message was let him know I was a Christian. And then on speaking to other people at the funeral, I discovered that he had had some Christian input, which was good, which leads me to a place of hope when I tie up at the end of this. So he, Wayne, disappeared down to Brighton and Sussex. He went down there because it was all too much for him. Um, family fell apart, everything went wrong. He looked, the pivotal moment in his life was when his mother died and then he took a nosedive. Found out, the first thing I knew about it was when the daughters, his daughters came round because I was a close family friend to ask me to do his funeral because he had been found dead indoors and it was a Christian fellow who found him and the police were involved and they sought out the daughters and it was the first they hadn't seen their dad for uh, 16 years he had gone he had gone from them so uh, it was a very sad occasion and when he came but you should have heard the goodness that the man the good things he did the good deeds he he did he went down there, he set up a homeless charity, he was the manager of the Sussex and Brighton homeless charity. He was not only the manager, but he was the hands-on builder and he fitted out three buses with 12 bunks with, with something to cook on and with a shower. And he drove about, the, well, he didn't drive, but they had a driver who took him around and they picked up people from the street who had nothing, nothing at all. And he took them on the bus and he fed them and he clothed them. And then some of the guys gave testimony about that he also, from that place, then provided somewhere, sorted them out flats, somewhere to live. And then once he'd moved them into a flat, he would sort them out furniture. And then he would sort them out everything that they needed. And that, that's, that's what he was like. But he didn't know Jesus. And like I, you know, it is that we knowing Jesus, know we are saved no matter what we have done, there's that cut off point where it's all done and we're forgiven, no matter who we have been, as long as, you know, we proceed in the manner of honouring him and shining his light. Um, so, there were people who gave testimony about what a good man he was. There was a girl who had uh, suffered from abuse and she'd fled her family down all the way from Birmingham down to uh, Brighton. And he mentored her, he looked after her, he counselled her and she said that he restored her faith in human beings, in people, in, in men particularly. And she loved him, he was a father to her, so to speak. And she, she was really heartbroken. Now that man 
Even though um, he did all those good things, he didn't know Jesus. And because of that, it, you know, it's, it's, um, if we do not know Jesus, if we do not have faith in the Lord, nothing pleases him. That's from Hebrews 11.6. And in Romans 14.23, now this is a stretch, isn't it? But whatever is not of faith is sin. That's what the scripture said. And it is through grace that we're saved. By grace that we are saved through faith. I want to read, because do you know what? This doesn't, um, the thing is, is this doesn't just apply to those out there who don't know Jesus. It applies to a lot of people who nominally know Jesus but don't seek him. I will read something that the great Billy Graham uh, shared that he said. This is from one of his sermons and it's just how it works out. I just came across it and it ties in perfectly with this. I won't do a Billy Graham accent. The crowd murmurs, and they still do, when you eat with sinners or try to reach those on the other side of the track. Jesus takes the hat off religious sinners. He tears the hat off religious sinners, but he treats other sinners with tenderness and love. You see, the argument and the debate that Jesus had was not even with the Roman Empire. His debate was with the religious leaders who were not living as they should live. They were hypocrites, and there are many of us that way. We've developed that same thing, and this is certainly true in some parts of our country. Our people go to church in great numbers, but during the week, they're not living a daily life with Christ. But you know Jesus never compromised. He doesn't offer a cheap grace or a cheap salvation. When you come to Christ, you must be willing to repent of sin and receive him into your heart. Um, I can, second part, I can look at me. I, I can, I obviously know, I've, um, February the 14th, 11 years I've been a Christian. My uh, earlier life before I became a Christian was a bit jaded, as many of ours are. used to take drugs, as you know. I used to steal. I used to lie. I used to commit fraud. I used to... I used to do many things that were bad. And, and just as in the way of a funny story to highlight that this wasn't just something that happened in later life. I was thinking on it, but I remember being um, a young lad, probably that high. I was on a racing bike, so I was probably big enough for that. But I remember going to the local toy shop and I had loose tracksuit bottoms on, uh, Liverpool tracksuit bottoms. <laughs> and and I, I stood by these uh, paints and I used to do Airfix models, you know the ones, and you get the paints to paint them. And I thought, oh, this is handy. The woman had her back to me at the till and I stood there. Because I, I was riding the bike, I had my tracksuit bottoms tucked into my socks. So what I did was keep dropping these tins of paint down my trouser legs 
and dropping more and more and realised she still wasn't looking and I ended up with the bottoms of my tracksuits out like that and I doubly tightened the belt because I knew I'm going to go out there in a minute and I'm going to ride off. I'm going to walk out of here and she won't notice a thing. A bit of stealth and of course, you can imagine, clonk, 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 clonk. All the tins rattling off of each other in my legs and she's looking at me like that. She went, hey, like that and called me and I quickly ran outside, jumped on my racing bike and was heading off home. And I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have got away with it anyway because I used to go in the shop every day and the school was just over the road. But, but I thought, I, in my head, I was in a sheer panic and I was... There, where I used to live in Newbarn, there was a big hill. And when I hit that hill, it was like pushing to get uphill. And then I'm getting up it and then the police roll up alongside me. Like, because I used to respond... I'm not, not saying they don't now, but I used to respond really quick in those days. And we had a village bobby back then. But, um, yeah, they pulled up alongside me and he went... Oh, well, I couldn't... I was, I'd had it anyway. I sort of came to a grinding halt on the bike. And he's gone, uh, could, you, could you get off the bike, please? And I sort of got off. And he went, have you been in... Uh, really, obviously, knew I had, because I was in a bright red Liverpool tracksuit on a racing bike. It didn't take a lot of uh, description. And, uh, and, yeah, so the long and short of it was, is they were very good. The shop didn't make a didn't prosecute me or anything like that but what I did obviously was return all the paints and then the police went and saw my dad and then I paid yeah. <laughs> uh, so that you know what I'm saying is that that was even at a young age I did, I did something like that which it sounds laughable in a way now but it's not because those things are the, the things that we do I mean all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and we know that it doesn't matter what it is, that's what Jesus tells us in the scriptures, that those are the things we've done. But the factor is that I am saved by grace through faith. Because on that day when Lindsay walked past with the cross, I accepted the Lord. I followed. So I got that, that free gift, the free gift, the God-given gift of grace. And that's what it is. If you turn the, letter, the phrases around up there, uh, if you put... Through grace you are saved by faith, that would change the total meaning, wouldn't it? What what would happen? It, it, it means that you get an easy that means that you would have got an easy ride because it is through the grace, the God given grace, that you 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 have the faith. But we have to receive the grace by it in the first place, having the faith. If you get my meaning. Um, so that for each and every one of us, I'm sure if we think about our, our the concentric circles of our life, so let's say family, friends, neighbours, local townsfolk, everyone that we come into, uh, into uh, contact with, those are our, our, our focus, knowing that if they don't know Jesus, then they're not going to heaven. They're not going to heaven because good people don't go to heaven, but people who are saved and forgiven, as I've said. So we, we need to be thankful for what we have, but we also need to be aware of everyone around us, which I know you are. And I mean, there's so much good goes on within this church and individual people with their own individual ministries pouring out the blessing, the living water upon people out there 
But it, it, it's, it's not only in here, is it? It's, as Billy Graham said there, it's the people out there as well that we've got, got, got to get to. So a basic thing is always we know to smile, we know to shine the light, we know to extend the hand of friendship. Yeah, always, I think in the, in, in the Bible it says, uh, the Greek for it is didasko, which means to go forward, extending the hand of friendship, seeking acceptance. So what you're looking for is to find common ground with them first of all, and then, then you speak the gospel into them, the gospel of love. And why you're giving that handshake, because a handshake's a good thing, because pe- most people will take your hand, you smile, you project the love and the light that the Lord has imbued you with. And then not only that, but not to be scared of the fact, because the other word is methetes, which ties in with that, and methetes means learner-doers. You don't get to the end of it and suddenly you get a diploma, which means you've passed your qualified, bona fide Christian who can do everything. It's as we go that we learn, and as we learn, we do. We do it there and then. Right, scripture. Oh dear, time is flying as usual. I... Right. This is from Matthew 7. Verses 21 to 23. And this isn't dealing with the, the sinner on the street, but those who have, uh, who, who, I don't know, who are pushing too much on the religious side without the relationship. We all know that in this church we go on about intimacy and intimacy, but as it stands, and it's so important because without that, but, well, let me read this, otherwise I'll chat again, won't I, for another ten minutes. Right. right. Not everyone who says to me, this is Matthew seven twenty-one to 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will, he ent- will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles then I will tell them plainly I never knew you away from me you evildoers now that is very sobering to me and very worrying because they're obviously you know they, talk, they know of him, they have the head knowledge of Jesus because they're talking to him, Lord, Lord, well, they're calling him Lord, but it's obviously not something that's within them. It's something that they just speak. It's empty words. It's empty words without action, without showing it. And that by action, I don't mean like Mr Rooksby at the back who goes tearing off all around Europe and around the world doing God's work that God has given him. Bless him indeed. And, and he's such a blessing to us and to them and there's a difference there as well this is just Simon does all that but he knows Jesus he knows his place is secure he knows wherever he's at whenever he's running short whenever he thinks he's running out he never reaches his wits end because he knows he's got an all-sufficient saviour will provide everything that he needs every step of the way and it doesn't worry him but that's why those in the world who don't know the Lord will have the opposite, where they will be scared, they will be anxious, they will look to um, how they're going to make ends meet and everything. I know we can all have those worries. 
But he, like my friend Wayne, did all that good. Simon does a lot of good. Wayne, as far as I know, apart from this grace that goes sometimes beyond what we understand, is, is, is not saved. But Simon is because he knows the Lord. And yet, if Simon did everything he does without knowing the Lord, that wouldn't make any difference. He's doing good things, but it doesn't mean he's going to heaven. Right. Hold on. That's that. This, this is just before, this, this is how I, I balance. The Lord gave me this um, on the back of that, that scripture. I thought, well, that sounds strange. So what does that look like, that we, we call Jesus Jesus, but whatever we've done, and we've prophesied, and we've done miracles in his name, but it doesn't count for anything. How can that be? And so this is when the disciples are what walking along with Jesus and it's in, you don't have to turn now I'll say that one like David does because otherwise we'd be flicking through John says to Jesus Lord we, Lord, excuse me, Lord, we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we try to stop him because he is not one of us he's not one of us and Jesus said do not stop him for whoever is not against you is for you. So from the uh, eyes of the disciples, they didn't like this because they thought, they, you know, they were his gang, they, that this was it. But Jesus shows us there, and, and what we can take from that is that those people who were doing that, which is like every one of us who aren't, we are his disciples, but, you know, we, we're not part of those disciples, obviously. But the, if the heart was in place for them, their heart was fully working, they went out and they did it in the name of Jesus and they did it with faith, they did it with belief, they knew what they were guaranteeing, they knew what they could rely on. And then take the reverse on that. Right. This is from Acts 19 to 13. So this is, so bear in mind that these are people though those have gone out doing Jesus is good works. They have a heart for Jesus, so it's worked. Then you've got the other end of it. Acts 19. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, and I mean, how, how does this sound? This really explains how you don't know Jesus yourself, doesn't it? In the name of the Jesus, the Jesus, whom Paul preaches... I command you to come out. So they're not professing a personal relationship, are they? They're just saying in, it's sort of like that spell that he uses, we want to use that. A bit like um, Simon the Sorcerer, that same sort of uh, outlook. So the seven sons of Sceva were a Jewish um, you know, chief priest sons, obviously, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. So what we see there is that the opposite of what the others did, that those disciples who weren't of the 12, but still Jesus' disciples, as are we, 
because of their faith, things work. But, but these went out trying to do under their own strength and what happened? It backfired on them and they came off really badly. Um, so the point of all this is in light of all that, how are we to um, you know, bring people into the kingdom? Because that's it, like, we know, we know that the um, Great Commission is, still stands and it, and it will. It's never been rescinded. So all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, in other words, but that's you, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And know this, I am with you always. And jumping back on onto that, how, how does this look? How do we do this? So, as mentioned earlier, you know when in Acts Jesus says uh, this gospel will be preached in all the land, so go and teach it in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the rest of the world. So, that that is the circle. So for us, which unfortunately it's not always in place, we all know people that we desire to know God. We all know that we long for them to know him, but that doesn't necessarily mean they do know him, just because we long it. But, I mean, with Colette, I know that she prayed for Derek. Derek came along later, and then your family, one by one, have come to the Lord. And that is the same as uh, Cornelius. The centurion, he's, he believed, he listened, he grew in faith and it spread for his family to come. And we should all stand and claim that for those people that we come into contact with. Is that we love God and because we love and we have faith and we believe that through us he will use us to bring those in. And never give up, never give up because it can be at the end stage and I better get a move on because I've got five minutes. So as I always do, I'm running... But, so, my friend Wayne, could you put up those pictures, please? So, that's it, I'll call for the other one. This, as you may or not know, is Notre Dame Cathedral, before the fire that hit it in 2019. A beautiful place. And that is how we, 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 we can look, if you want to put it that way, we can look like everything superficially on the outside is great and that we are good. Could you show the other slide? This is after the fire. You see, everything's melted away, everything's burnt. Um, the lead from the very windows poured down. And the message of this shows us the cross stands firm. The cross stands firm through everything, through fire, through trial and tribulation in our lives. We always look to the cross. We always look to the cross. And that's amazing to me that everything else is affected. Praise God, the cross and his finished work upon that cross, it stands. And that's a testimony. Now, my friend Wayne, who I mentioned earlier, a couple of days before he passed, this chap John that I spoke to, worked with him on the charity... Um, he 
was talking to him about Jesus and he was talking to him. He had started a conversation. Wayne was aware. But there was also other things. Like in his house, when they cleared it out, they found a Ouija board and they found tarot cards. So he was in the process of talking. He knew of Jesus and he had shown him that and he, he had said, wow, yeah, that's, that's amazing that that stood. And, and his way... What this John said to me, who I will be meeting up with again, is that Wayne was showing interest and he had started conversations and he was learning about the gospel bit by bit. But unfortunately, uh, well, as we see it, maybe that time ran out. But I like to believe, and I got confirmation on this, is that within his last moments, because of the gospel that he had heard because of the love that he had shown to others and the love that had been shown to him in his last moments within those sleepy minutes that the Lord spoke to him and took him. And I had a a dream, because, yeah, we do, I do, many, with Wayne picking really huge, ripe, Plums from a lovely tree and with a big smile on his face. A couple of weeks later, this was, it was just out of the blue. I know dreams come and they go and sometimes they're so bizarre. I asked about Jeanette's dreams. But, um, yeah, and so I, I'd like to think and I'd like to pray that he, yeah, the Lord touched him because he looked at that and he, he amazed. And that is amazing, isn't it? That everything burnt down and yet the cross stands firm and stands tall. So bearing that in mind that, like as John Robinson said earlier, through grace and through his friend's persistency and talking to him, and at first even he went from a place of not believing and unbelief to a place of believing, and, and, that, and it all opened up for him. He had that. Um, with Wayne, it was the opposite. He's a good guy, and... It all went wrong for him, but he didn't have that. But I pray for the saving grace that could have that got him, that would have got him. And I pray that for each and every one of us who have in our, our minds and hearts people out there who we want to bring to the Lord, who we want to guarantee, because it, go, it goes beyond the point where we don't know. We don't know everything, so we just don't know. We can't say we do know about what's happened to people, you know, in their final moments. But it's good to make guarantee that now, to make sure of that now, if you can. Yes, they will be judged by the light they've received and those sort of things, but it is by grace through faith. And that is it. So if anyone, myself included in this, you see, like when I, when I was looking at this, I was seeing things with me. We, we can all get a bit uh, tied down and not, not act on it. So I, I pray for an activating spirit within this place. For people, when they, they talk to uh, friends, neighbours, family and people beyond that, I pray that you are blessed with the word. You are blessed because you, you are a torchbearer. You are the, you, you now, like Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he went, you are the light of the world in another passage. So we are now those lights. I know we go on about this, but it is the crux of the gospel. And remember, there, that we are, that's, 
the Great Commission is that we reach these people. So I pray for each and every one of you a blessing, and I pray for you, for you youngsters here also, that um, that as you you just feel the blessing of the Lord early upon your lives, and that He draws you to Him. You do not wander from that narrow path, and that you let your good Shepherd take you in hand and lead you in every way, and leave behind the things of the past look to the future look to the cross and you will be saved by grace through faith so if any if anyone wants to come up afterwards uh, for prayer that would be great if anything has touched you when when i was preparing this there's a number of things touched me and i just sort of yeah thank you to thank you lord jesus that you are full of grace that it is not by our works that we are saved, but it is by coming to you wholeheartedly and giving you every aspect of our life. We look to you, Lord. We surrender. I pray that you strip away the things, if any, that remain in us that are not of you and that you pour your living water upon each and every one. We are washed in you. We are saved through you, Lord, by your work, your finished work upon the cross. And I pray, Lord, that you give us the words to talk to those who do not know you. You give us the conversation, you give us the opportunities and that we keep shining your light for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.